And once more, it is the Reef Lords Pod Academy, our 15th episode. And I'm joined, as always, by Dora Liu. Hello, Dora. Morning, Dave. Good to have you along with us. Uh, we, we say this all the time, but, you know, I think I think time is accelerating or something because we, we just turn around and we're chatting to each other again, which is wonderful. We're on episode number 15. And this time we're going to be talking about restrictions on trustees. And when I when I first saw the topic, I thought, but there shouldn't be any restrictions and they get to do what they they like. But uh, apparently one of the owners um, sent in a question that said, what restrictions can owners impose on trustees, because they're concerned that uh, the board of trustees might abuse their rights, or they may have, you know, got off the off the path and they're doing their own thing. Um, so, you thought that maybe we should have a look at it in this episode, because it's not just one person. A couple of owners feel like this. So let's let's start right at the very beginning. The, the trustees in a body corporate, Dora, who are they? Okay, um, so the trustees in the body corporate, they basically are the appointed persons. They are appointed actually by all owners of a sectional title scheme to make day-to-day decisions on behalf of the body corporate. Okay, so trustees actually do have a lot of powers to manage the scheme, just like you said. Um, and for example, they can make many financial decisions as to what to pay, what not to pay. They can manage maintenance plans. Uh, They can review or change the rules of the complex. All right. So um, obviously, you know, with all these great powers comes great responsibilities. Now, trustees must always, always act in the best interest for the body corporate instead of their own. So that's why you need to put limitations on them, right? Mm-hmm. So, and we've come across so many questions from the owners as to what if my trustees are not acting or they, you know, they fall behind with their responsibilities or they've actually gone rogue. What do I do? So, yeah, the, I, I think, you know, if you've got this similar questions, then this episode is definitely made for you. All right. So let's, let's, dive in though and talk about, I think, first and foremost, funds and the management of the funds, because that's that's always a concern. It's like, where's the money going? What are you doing with it? How's it being used? Yes, yes, absolutely. You pay a lot of money into the levies and then you want to know how the levies are actually spent into the scheme, right? So I think one good advice to start with is that uh, you as the owners at the annual general meeting, put a limit of spending um, on the funds, all right? So, for example, um, your complex needs more surveillance cameras uh, for, you know, security reasons. And that project is going to cost, let's say, for instance, 30,000 rand, okay, to, to put uh, the surveillance cameras. And now, if you don't put a limit on the spending, they can blow 50,000, 30,000, 100,000 without you knowing it. But by Mm. putting a limit on the spending, you will know that they cannot um, um, execute their right to to spend that money more than the cap you've uh, imposed on them. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's definitely one of the limitations you can put on trustees at the annual general meeting. We call it AGM. Okay. But now, yeah. you see, this is, this is where, and I think some of the questions, I've, I've actually seen a question like this asked in, in my complex as well. Um, you know, there's maintenance, this, this thing called maintenance, and then there's many different suppliers and uh, uh, one of the owners was, was a little while ago saying, but how do I know that you guys are doing what you should and not sort of using your friends? I mean, we're talking about security, plumbers, gardens. There's many of these things. So mm. how does that work? Yeah. So obviously imposing that kind of restrictions is really to avoid the conflict of interest, to avoid that trustees getting kickbacks from the contractors, right? So um, when managing a scheme, uh, there is definitely the maintenance plan. Uh, there's actually funds allocated for maintenance and a lot of supplies can be involved, like you said, Dave. So a good restriction to be put on the trustees is not to appoint anyone uh, or any supplier that is family relatives or friends of the trustees. And usually a, a piece of good advice from us is that usually your managing agency, for example, um, just to name a few, Whitfields, Trafalgar, Compeg or Angle, these managing agencies that you appoint will have many uh, many uh, suppliers on their list for maintenance purposes. They can have suppliers for plumbing purposes, gardening services, security, etc. You name it, right? So rather source from their list of suppliers if you don't have anyone better to go to. Mm, okay, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And usually um, these suppliers have been working with your managing agencies. So there is already that, uh, that existing relationship that you can leverage on. So, yeah, and I, I, think, um, I think that's something all the trustees can, can think about. Okay, just, so just for me to make this a bit clearer in my head. So, for example, if this is a Reef Lords development, um, once the, 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 the body corporate has been set up and they've got their trustees or whatever, they could go to like Reefords, and you mentioned some of those others as well, and say, hey, guys, do you have a list of preferred suppliers in the following? And then we could then choose from those suppliers. Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. But not from developer, from your mm -hmm. managing agencies, like uh who's managing the um the funds of the of the scheme so usually it's managed by um let's say for instance angor mm -hmm. whitfields trafalgar compact you know who the, the the managing agency is the person that sends you monthly levy bill okay yes okay now it's yes. clear to me okay perfect yes. now let's move on to something else that uh and, and we've touched on this in the past briefly but i think it's important um because Owners might go, but hang on now. You know, the rules that have now been brought into this estate are unfair. They're unreasonable. What, what can I do to change them? Because now, obviously, there's the body corporate and the trustees and the whole lot. Do I have a leg to stand on? Hmm. No, most definitely. And 
you know, there are, there are lots of questions from the owners asking, what if I think the rules are unfair and I want to change it? Can I change it just on my own and everybody adhere to it? The, the, the answer to it is no, because the body corporate acts on behalf of all owners, all right? The body corporate, in essence, doesn't really exist, but it's the collective interest from all owners that form the body corporate, all right? So every single decision has to come from all owners, unless you are authorized by all owners to act on behalf of them. And that's why the trustees are there for. But now, if you think the rules are unfair, they're unreasonable, you need to collect uh, consents from other owners within the scheme to object to the to the rule or to change the rule. Okay, but you can't just act on your own and uh, you know propose a change of the rule. It has to be consented by all owners within the scheme, or majority, or at least majority of the owners of the scheme, because it's a collective interest okay. within the scheme, right? There's a lot of politics involved in that. I mean, I don't know generally. I'm speaking of my experience now. In the complex I used to live in, they were forever wandering around the complex and, and doing surveys and asking owners this, or then they decided that the guy who was responsible for this portion wasn't doing his job. And, you know, I was a tenant. So I was like, sorry, I can't sign anything because I'm not an owner. But uh, it seemed like, particularly in our little complex, a lot of politicking around the body corporate mm. and the trustees and everything. Um, you know, and, and, and I think as a, as a tenant, I mean, I didn't really care one way or another, but I think if you're an owner, um, this is something that should be important to you. Definitely. And it's, uh, it's sometimes getting a bit difficult to manage, especially when you have a very large scheme of over, you know, 500, 800, 1,000 units, then it becomes really a um, cumbersome process, you know, to get all owners to consent to something. And then um, some owners actually rather wait till the uh, AGM, the annual general meeting, to raise their voice. But you can imagine how chaotic it would be if you need to be in the same room with 800 other owners. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yes. <laughs> everybody's got yeah. their own agenda. I mean, you know, and it's, it's some of the things, and I've seen some of the fights that happen, um, you know, because the, 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 the complex rules say, for example, you're not allowed to change the color of your exterior walls. Mm -hmm. And somebody goes, but I hate Kalahari beige. And <laughs> they, they end up having these massive disagreements um, just because of, of a color thing. Now, Surely, if you are, as an owner, you're buying into a scheme, you need to be aware of these things and go, well, look, you know, can I live with Kalahari Bays for the rest of my days? That's it. That's it. And, you know, you can't, simply you can't really please everyone within a scheme. And, and that's why, you know, majority of the votes actually do count uh, towards whether to change or to stay as is. Mm, okay. Now, yeah. if we've we've got this sort of uh, board of trustees, okay? Uh -huh. And uh -huh. I'm an owner and I go, listen, no, mm -mm, no, you guys are not working out. Um, you know, you, you, you've just got the position, but you're not actually doing any of the work that needs to be done. Can we get rid of them? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And if trustees are not um, performing their responsibilities or duties, you can definitely remove them. But there is a process to follow, just like, you know, what we discussed just now. So same principle actually applies. You need to get consent from other owners and uh, sort of, you know, uh, do a re-election of the new board of trustees. Now, that re-election usually happens at the AGM, annual general meeting. But if that meeting is due many, many months later, then you're going to probably think of uh, a way to do a special general meeting, or what we call SGM, to happen sooner. Okay, to make a quicker decision on that. And if that is the case, then you need to explore that with your managing agency. Okay, remember the managing agency is the one who sends you the, the levy bill monthly. So talk to them and arrange a special general meeting to re-elect board of trustees if needed be, all right? But again, that will have to come from all owners, okay, not just by yourself. So there is a process to follow. Okay. So now, and this it just brings me back to, to my old complex I used to, to work in. So that's why we had we had one owner there, and he actually owned a couple of units. Um, and he was he was very invested in the whole process and everything. And he would always be coming around to the, the different um, owners, or in my case, me as a tenant, and then I would say to me, you have to get, ask the owner, but saying, listen, we, we're doing a referendum on this, or, you know, we're wanting to um, upgrade. The, the big one that they had a fight about just before I left was the, the paving in the, in the complex. Um, so can owners do that? I mean, can owners get together by themselves and discuss issues that they have, or does it have to wait? Yeah. So, see, that's when the trustees are not performing, right? They're not doing the work they're supposed to. Now, in that case where you have uh, an, uh, an urgent decision to make, um, liaise with your managing agency to host a special general meeting to have that decided. Because, you, you know, in principle, um, you can't make decisions without the board of trustees. But if they are not acting, they're not responding, and then you have to hold uh, host a special general meeting to make that decision. Okay. So now just as a, as a, as a bit of clarification, so the, the managing agent is not necessarily the developer? No. No, not at all. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I should be feeling sorry for managing agents around about now. <laughs> they see they are um, the mediating party. Um, mm -hmm. They're managing the the funds and then to pay su uh, suppliers. You know they they act according to um, section thirty one, which is the body corporate rules. Um, they. You know, they manage um, how the funds are uh, allocated. Um, so, managing agency also hosts the general meetings, the AGMs, the SGMs. So, they are the portal for you to raise your concerns. Okay. All right. Well, sure. Okay. Mm. Um, there's yeah. a lot of responsibility to being a, an owner, and I think. Even more if you're on the, the body corporate or if you if you are one of the trustees, 
And I guess some people don't want to be involved, but I think if it is your property, I think it's it's worthwhile yeah. finding out more, getting involved and, and having a voice because, you know, if you don't do anything, then you can't complain if things don't change. <laughs> well, that's true. But, you know, being a trustee, you have a lot of responsibilities. As much as you have powers, but you have a lot of responsibilities and, and you are volunteering you know, for the complex to manage the com complex, you don't get remunerated, you don't mm -hmm. get paid for doing this. So, you know, people, uh, some owners, they very excited to become trustees, but once the responsibilities really land on their shoulders, they sort of, you know, uh, um, they step away. And then that's where you find non-acting trustees. So it's a, it's a big decision for you to make whether you want to be actively involved in the scheme to manage the scheme. It's a lot of work. Mm. So, yeah, we should respect, uh, you know, the Board of Trustees. Okay, fantastic. Dora, it's uh, almost time for us to wrap up. Um, sincerely, I, I hope that there's been some uh, insights from this uh, episode and some advice that you can take away. But what happens if some of the stuff that we've spoken about sounds very foreign to you, what do you do? Mm, mm, okay. So remember we've um, done an episode uh, to talk about your role within the body corporate. Mm. So if you think, you know, what we've talked about sounds very unfamiliar and foreign to you, please go back to our 11th episode, your role within body corporate. To, to, you know, have a listen to us and uh, a lot of more stuff was uh, explained there. Some basic terms such as what is body corporate, you know, what can you do to become a trustee, etc. So, yeah, I think um, these will definitely help. Okay, and then as always, if anybody's got other questions or they've got something they'd like us to talk about on the podcast, um, we, we can just uh, drop you guys an email. Yes, uh, feel free to drop us an email on Catherine at reflows.co.za. It's spelled as C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at reflows.coza. Or you can post on our Facebook or LinkedIn page, Reflows Property Development. Awesome. Dora, thank you so much for having a chat to us. Uh, certainly another enlightening episode. Uh, we wish you all the best and we'll chat again very soon again. Thank you, Dave. There we go. Wraps it up for uh, this episode and edition of the Reflords podcast. It's proudly brought to you by Reflords Property Development. Think home. Think Reflords.